Welcome back to the My Everyday Chaos podcast, a podcast for women looking for God's voice and biblical focus in the face of daily distraction. I'm your host, Alexandra Goman, and it's great to be back with you today on the podcast. We are continuing our Women in the Bible series today. Next week, we'll be starting up some interviews and kind of hearing from some different women and their perspectives and scriptures and insights. I'm so excited to start that new series. But for now, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite women of the Bible, Abigail. We're going to be looking in 1 Samuel chapter 25 today. So if you have your Bible on you, go ahead, pull it out. We'll look at it together. Otherwise, just listen along. This is a great story to go back and read at a different time. But Abigail is an incredible woman in in the scriptures. And we come across her story in 1 Samuel 25. David is on the run from Saul and He's, you know, out in the wilderness trying to kind of wait for God to vindicate him and give him um, his kingship, which he had been promised and anointed for uh, chapters before. But here in 1 Samuel 25, he's on the run, he and his men, and basically he and his men start looking out for this guy, Nabal, his sheep, and kind of forming this like guard all around Nabal's property and basically protecting it. And, um, and so they, at some point, I don't know how many weeks they're there or how many days, but basically in verse four, it says, while David was in the desert, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So he sent 10 young men to, uh, and said to them, go to Nabal at Carmel and greet him in my name. Say to him, long life to you, good health to you and your household and good health to all that is yours. Now I hear that it's sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, we didn't mistreat them. And the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own servants and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable toward my young men since we come at a festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. So basically, David and his men are asking for kind of favor, for payment, um, for basically them protecting Nabal's estate, essentially. So let's see how this goes. So they tell Nabal, and then verse 10, it says, Nabal answered David's servants. Who's this David? Who's this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and water and the meat I have slaughtered for my shears and give it to men coming from who knows where? Oof. This is a bad response. So basically, Nabal is like, who's this guy anyways? And then he says that he's a liar, kind of disparages his reputation. And David does not handle it well. He says, they reported every word. And David said to his men in verse 13, put on your swords. So they put on their swords and David put on his. About 400 men went up with David while 200 stayed with the supplies. One of the servants told Nabal's wife, Abigail, David sent messengers from the desert to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very good to us. They didn't mistreat us, and the whole time we were out in the fields, nothing was missing, blah, blah, blah. And then she says, it says, verse 17, now think it over and see what you can do, because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. That's what the servant said to Abigail. It says, verse 18, Abigail lost no time. 
She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five sias of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisins, and 200 cakes of pressed figs and loaded them on donkeys. Then she told her servants, go on ahead, I'll follow you. But she didn't tell her husband, Nabal. Okay, so here we see Abigail and she is married to a tough guy. She is married to not the best dude. Um, In verse three, we know that God says that Abigail was an intelligent and beautiful woman, but her husband, Calebite, was sorely and mean in his dealings. Um, Okay, so this happens, right? Sometimes women marry some guys that are less than awesome. And that's this woman's fate. You know, she's married to this guy who is not great. He's surly. He's mean. And here she is, intelligent and beautiful. And basically, David gets offended by Nabal and is about to go kill her and all Nabal's family, everyone they know. I mean, it is a matter of honor and David is mad. And what does Abigail do? Here's why I love this story. I think that there can be this reputation of Christian women or women in the Bible as being totally um, silent, passive, not strong. And yet when we look at this story, I love that it says that Abigail lost no time in verse 18. She jumps into action. She gets this whole spread together. I mean, she is a director of this household. Like, girlfriend knew what was up. She had her she had her house in order. She's a strong woman. And she immediately springs into action and is like, all right, I got to do this thing. It also says she doesn't tell her husband what she's doing. She's wise. She knows what she's about. Um, you know, she's like, listen, ask for forgiveness later. Let me, let me kind of try to go save our family here. So here we go. Keep going. Verse 20 says, as she came riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, there were David and his men descending toward her and she met them. David had just said, it's been useless. All my watching over this fellow's property in the desert so that nothing of his was missing. He has paid me back evil for good. May God deal with David, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. Okay, David, dramatic much? I just want to say, can we just say, David is an emotional dude. He is so offended. I cannot believe that he said said this, but okay, keep going. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, my Lord, let the blame be on me alone. Please let your servant speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. May my Lord pay no attention to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name is fool and folly goes with him. But as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my master sent. Now, since the Lord has kept you, my master from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, May your enemies and all who intend to harm my master be like Nabal. And let this gift, which your servant has brought to my master, be given to the men who follow you. Please forgive your servant's offense, for the Lord will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my master, because he fights the Lord, Lord's battles. Let no wrongdoing be found in you as long as you live. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my master will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God. 
but the lives of your enemies he will hurl away as from a pocket of a sling. When the Lord has done for my master every good thing he promised concerning him and has appointed him leader over Israel, my master will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or having avenged himself. And when the Lord has brought my master success, remember your servant. Wow, what a speech. So here comes Abigail. She's pulling up to David. David had just made this crazy promise that he was going to kill everybody. And now she hops off her horse. She gets down on her knees, bows down before David, humbles herself, and then basically reminds David of who he is and what he's about. She reminds him that he's God's anointed. She basically Jedi mind tricks him a little bit and and reminds him that, hey, isn't it great that God kept you from avenging, you know, from avenging yourself and and from needless bloodshed. She reminds him that Nabal is just a fool and not to get his emotions so jacked up. I mean, she just has this incredible speech that essentially gets David to back off off of a ledge. I mean, he says next, verse 32. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. This is just amazing, you know, to see David's heart and his mind completely change as a result of this woman's gift, (laughs) as a result of her humility, and as a result of her words. You know, I love that we learn here from Abigail. She didn't rush in. She didn't kind of match David's emotions. She gets off her horse. She's humble. She's kind. She's all of these things, but she's, she's gentle. She's respectful. And I feel like I learned so much from Abigail's example here. You know, in John, basically God talks about, or Jesus talks about, how he wants to teach us what to say and how to say it. And I think Abigail, for me, is that perfect example of what to say and how to say it. In Proverbs um, 25, verse 15, it's one of my favorite Proverbs. It says, through patience, a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. This is so opposite from how our world tries to deal with conflict and just chaos, right? Rather than we tend to either avoid conflict altogether or we confront it with the meanest words we can find. We match, you know, anger with anger. We match judgment with judgment. And yet I love how Abigail really embodies this proverb of a gentle tongue breaking a bone. In the South, we have this phrase that you get more bees with honey than vinegar. And that makes me ask myself, how do I speak when I feel affronted, when I feel offended? How do I approach people? Do I approach them with gentleness and patience? Or do I match their level of angst and passion? It's funny, even as a mom, I think about this. Like, how do I respond to my children? (laughs) Do I match them in their emotional state? In my marriage, how am I reacting to things that offend me? 
Oh, guys, that one really gets me because it's so hard. I think one of the things I've been thinking about a lot as Jesse and I have moved to Charleston is I keep praying, God, help me to be humble and confident. And I think that those are two things as I, as I think about leadership and I think about Abigail, she really embodied this humility, this She approached this man of God who, to be honest, really was about to not act like a man of God in this moment. She approached him with incredible humility, but also with confidence. She knew what she thought. She knew what her perspective was on who God was and who he needed to be. But she did it with humility and gentleness. And that's how I want to be as a woman of God. I want to be humble and yet confident. God deserves for us to be confident women who know what we think the scripture says, who are willing to say things, but who also do it with that spirit of good judgment, of gentleness, of kindness. Again, this is just an an amazing passage to me of womanhood, but done very differently than how our world kind of tells us to be. And it tells us to get into conflicts. And honestly, I don't think this is just a womanhood thing. I think David learned a lot from Abigail. I don't think this is just a woman thing. I think we all could use a lot. Uh, We could all learn a lot from her example. But I love to 1 Samuel, it kind of goes on and essentially God deals with Nabal. You know, David was all worried that he needed to get involved. But Nabal, right after this, Abigail goes and tells him what happened. And Nabal literally drops dead from a heart attack. Like, what? I don't even understand. Literally, that's what it says. Verse 37, his heart failed him and he became like a stone. About 10 days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. So we don't have to worry about fighting our battles. God will fight them for us. We need to be humble and confident and we can trust that God's going to fight for us. And then what happens? David hears about it. He's like, God upheld my cause. But then David's like, hey, Abigail, do you want to marry me? And I really need your good judgment in my life, basically. And so Abigail ends up marrying the future king of Israel. I don't, I'm not going to pretend to understand this whole thing right here, but wow, what a story. (laughs) Like what a crazy kind of turn of events that God saw this woman, Abigail, and was like, David needs her on his team. (laughs) Like, he needs this woman's good judgment. I mean, at least that's my perspective. So anyways, I think there's so much that we can learn here about Abigail, a woman with good judgment who had gentleness that could break a bone. I hope this has been helpful. Make sure that you tune in with us next week. We can't wait. I'm so excited to share with you some incredible new content and interviews, uh, but make sure that you like and subscribe My Everyday Chaos. Have a great day, everyone.